invite your attention to the book of Ephesians. I've been talking about the way we walk, the way we walk. And there are five places in, uh, at least five, in the book of Ephesians where Paul says to the church at Ephesus, you walk this way. Now, last week we talked about walking in love as Christ loved us. And we'll read that verse again from Ephesians 5, verse 1, uh, but then we'll go on and read uh, a more extensive passage of Scripture, uh, continuing on down to verse 14. So, Ephesians chapter 5, and beginning with verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead, let there be thanksgiving, for you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Let's bow our hearts for just a moment of prayer. Father, again, we thank you for the privilege to be in your house. We thank you for your word, and thank you for the beautiful light of God. What a privilege it is to walk in the light. We ask that you will help us uh, to see the light clearly. Help us, Lord, to walk in the light. And Lord, use us in a dark world to point the way to Jesus Christ. And we'll thank you for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know about you, but I do not like walking in the dark. Um, for whatever reason, occasionally I'll come in and... and I don't know if you've been around long enough, you've experienced this, but when you come in this back door, if you walk through the hallways uh, certain times of day, you can get to places where it's pretty dark if you don't turn lights on. And uh, I don't know why, but my office is right back here, and I'm not sure why, but sometimes I will just say, ah, just wait till I get where I'm going and then turn on some lights. And uh, I'll navigate the hallways walking in the dark and and uh, every now and then there's a price to pay for walking in the dark. Um, I, I haven't uh, 
Uh, I've learned here to be careful. I, I, don't, I don't usually try that without keeping a hand out on, on one of the walls so I can feel and see where the doors open up and all of that. But I, uh, I, something happened that really imprinted on my, on my memory and on one of my toes. Um, when we lived in Alabama, we had gone on a trip and... Uh, had gotten back late at night, and we had suitcases and whatnot just left strewn around, and we had just done just the minimum of what we had to do, uh, gotten the kids in bed and gotten ourselves to bed, and uh, sometime uh, in the night, I needed to get up for a particular reason, and uh, not wanting to awaken Rachel, I got up and tried to navigate my way through the bedroom in the dark, and my toe found one of those suitcases, and not on the soft side. It was on the bottom where the, uh, where the rollers are, and uh, I probably, I, I was probably trying not to have a shouting spell. Um, there's a price to pay for walking in the dark. There is uh, wonderful freedom and liberty when you are able to walk in light. You don't have to worry about bumping into things. You don't have to worry about what might be hiding in the dark and waiting to jump out and get you. Um, when you have... And when the light has shone in our hearts and in our lives, and we reach the point where we have allowed the light of God to fully shine in our hearts and on our lives, it is a wonderful place of freedom and liberty to live. And this is what Paul talks to the Christians at Ephesus about in this verse. We find it... Uh, in verse 8, he says, at one time you were darkness, what you used to be. You used to be children of the night, children of the dark, but now you are light in the Lord. Therefore, walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. So what does that look like? What does that mean? The first thing that uh, we see that means as we see uh, or we look at these verses is that it has to do with our conduct. It has to do with our conduct. Verses 3 and 5 uh, of the passage speaks about a really a catalog of sins. Paul mentions uh, basically two extremes. He, sa- he mentions sexual immorality, all impurity, and covetousness. Again, verse 5, you may be sure that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Now, it may sound odd to our um, Bible-educated ears to hear this warning given to a church. Um, Unusual to to hear people warned against. Now, stay away from sexual immorality. We we that have been around the church for some years... um, you know, those are things that, that you don't even talk 
much about, much less, you know, we know we're not supposed to engage in those things. But one thing that we need to remember about the church at Ephesus is that these are, these are people who are first-generation Christians, recently removed from pagan, uh, really very sensual, sinful lifestyles. And they lived in a culture probably not unlike our modern secular culture today where, uh, where sexual immorality is, is rampant. Uh, the young man that uh, visited with us this morning, um, some of you met, I believe, uh, he and I were talking about this, and he was talking about the, some of the uh, LGBT issues, uh, confusion of, of sexuality, confusion of gender, those kinds of things. And one of the things that he was telling me, um, from his perspective as a, uh, as a young millennial or, or Generation Z, uh, is that it's a trendy thing. It's popular to identify yourself as something other than what your biology suggests you are. It's not that it's just, it's not that it's just this is something I struggle with and, and I need help. It's, it's trendy. It's popular. Uh, if you want um, to, to fit in, if you want to be seen as one of the cool people, um, well, that's one way that you can do that in the culture that we live in. And uh, that's probably a lot of what the, the culture was like for the uh, church at Ephesus, the Christians that came out of that pagan society. They had the, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, the temple to the goddess Diana, and it was uh, their, their form and acts of worship were very ungodly, very sensual, uh, uh, engaging in ritual uh, acts of prostitution and those types of things, and that was, that was their worship. And so, Paul here is raising a standard of conduct and a, a lifestyle of godliness that in their mind is, is beyond anything they've ever imagined or heard of. And this is the life, this is the culture that we live in now as well. And as we think about this, we think about that one extreme, the idea of sexual immorality, and then the other side where he mentions covetousness. Now, there are some uh, theologians, Bible commentators, that will find links and connections between uh, the sins of sexual immorality and the idea of covetousness. And there are others who will say what Paul is doing is just suggesting an array of sins. I think both are possible, uh, but I am leaning more in the direction of he is, he is demonstrating a, uh, an array of uh, a lifestyle choice, lifestyle, not just uh, sexual immorality, but any sin that will not bear the scrutiny of the light. And when Paul is talking to us about being children of light and walking as children of light, one of the things that I think we can ask ourselves about our conduct is, will our conduct bear the scrutiny of the light? 
there's not only conduct, but there is conversation mentioned. Conversation mentioned. Two different uh, aspects of conversation. Uh, Verse 4, he says, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Now, if you are familiar with... uh, childhood development and, and uh, children who have uh, trouble with development, uh, one of the things that you will learn is that there are two types of communication. There is both expressive communication and receptive communication. Expressive communication is what you are able to speak and express from your mouth in a way that others can recognize and understand what you're trying to say. Receptive communication is what you are able to hear from others and understand. Uh, We learned a lot about this in Scott's younger days when he was going through therapy and and all those types of things and and, uh, speech therapy. They were explaining these concepts to us, and one of the things that we learned in in fairly short order is that Scott uh, has much better Uh, grasp of receptive communication than expressive communication. He can understand a lot of what he hears and what goes on around him, but he's just very limited in what he can express. Paul mentions both of these, both expressive and receptive. Um, He says there's some things that we should not talk about. There's some things that we should not joke about. In, uh, in, in the world that we live in. Um, <clears throat> there are some things that, um, how do I say this? I know, I'm, I'm looking at my audience, and maybe there are some people who need to hear this and some people who don't. Um, f- for what it's worth, um, moms, dads, grandparents, uncles, aunts, um, whoever, the children in your life need to be educated and they need to hear it from from sources that are trustworthy and not learn it from their friends at school when we talk about things like like gender and sexuality um, and don't be afraid to talk about it that might sound like I'm, I'm giving two different messages, but I hope you understand what I mean. There are things that we are, not, we are not crass or crude about, we don't joke about. But on the other hand, if the children in our lives do not learn appropriately from us, they will learn in other places and other ways, and they will learn things quite frankly, that we don't want them to know. I mentioned two types of communication. Uh, verse 4, he says, let there, no be f- let there be no filthiness, foolish talk, or crude joking. Uh, verse number 6, he says, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. In other words, Paul is saying that there are people out there who are trying to say, you know, this is, this is no big deal. This is, this is perfectly normal. You know, all of these, these deviant lifestyles and, 
and you know, pe- people wanting to choose uh, something, a, a life different for themselves than the way they were born, and and so on and so forth. That's no, it's no big deal. It's it's perfectly normal. Um, that was happening in in Paul's day. Not only, not just those things that that we would call in some cases, a a deviant behavior, but more acceptable sin. Now, do you understand what I'm saying? No, there's no sin that's acceptable, but um, more, uh, I I don't know how to say it. Um, Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Palatable. there are people still who, as they were in Paul's day, trying to say, you know, it is the spirit that matters. It's not the, the physical. It's not the life of the flesh. So in your flesh, in your body, do what you want to. Live it up because it's the spirit that matters. Um, let no one deceive you with empty words. Be careful of the, the communication, both that comes out of your mouth and also what you receive into your heart and life. Because, he says, we are children of light. We are children of light. Now, there are uh, three different aspects of being children of light that I'd like to point out to you that Paul mentions. He first talks about the fruit of the light. The fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. All that is good and right and true. And our lives as children of light ought to demonstrate that. It ought to produce fruit that people can look at and see. The evidence of our lives is, is, is this. It is goodness. It is uh, it is. Uh, faithfulness. It is right. It is true. We could go to Galatians chapter 5 and look at the fruits of the Spirit and get a a more uh, exhaustive list. Uh, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, all of those things uh, that will bear the scrutiny of the light. In other words, those qualities can be put on display for anyone to see. And you won't worry or be concerned about anyone questioning your behavior or your lifestyle. There is also the discrimination of the light. The discrimination of the light. Uh, That's probably not a politically correct word to use, but it's the word I'm using, so forgive me. The discrimination of the light we find uh, mentioned in verse 10. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. In other words, as children of light, we are discriminating in our lifestyle choices. And I'm, I'm telling you tonight, as we walk with the Lord, the longer we walk with the Lord, the more carefully we will walk with the Lord. Yes, we do find a place of freedom, but we also begin to see and realize more and more that God cares about little things in our lives. 
I remember uh, a number of years ago, I, I worked for a short time doing a little bit of uh, painting and construction, things of that nature. And, and uh, there were parts of it that I enjoyed and parts of it that I didn't enjoy so much. Um, but on a few jobs, we, we did some drywall finishing and uh, actually the, I, the full bit, hang, hung drywall and taped and mud and, and sand and then re-whatever, you know, that whole, that whole process. And when you're doing drywall, if you're familiar with this, you know what I'm talking about. When you're doing drywall work, you are, you are sanding, and especially when you get close to the end, when you're almost done, you will take a bright light and hold it at an angle obliquely to the surface that you're working on. And as you hold that in just the right angle, it will reveal in that drywall mud if there are any places, any blemishes where you are not able to see and that need to be sanded out and then mudded over again and then sanded some more. Well, friends, Christians, when we live from day to day, we... not. I want to be careful how I communicate this because I, I, don't, I don't mean to say that we have to live our lives walking on eggshells. God is faithful and the Holy Spirit is a wonderful counselor and helper and we are able to live in freedom. Yet at the same time, we do not just swallow everything that comes our direction, but we look at it carefully in the light of God's Word, in the light of Scripture, in order to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Finally, we walk in the revelation of the light. The revelation of the light. Verse 11 says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. So what does this mean for the Christian? Do we walk around uh, in a spirit of critique and criticism and point out the flaws, point out the sins everywhere we see them? I, I don't believe so. Um, quite honestly, I've, I've heard, uh, I heard someone say a number of years ago, the problem with throwing mud is not only do you lose a lot of ground, but you end up getting dirty yourself. And I believe that's very true. I believe the way we end up exposing the unfruitful works of darkness is simply by allowing our lights and lifestyle to be what it is in the world in which we live. You know, in a dark, dark place, light doesn't need to work hard to shine. In a dark, dark place, light is very visible. And whenever there is a true Christian living in a dark place, their life and their lifestyle, their, their actions, their behaviors will always be in stark contrast to that of those people that are around them. 
And this is what Paul calls us to as children of light. He says, you once were in darkness, but now you are in the light. Walk as children of light. And, you know, as I was mentioning a moment ago, I, I have found how freeing it is to walk in the light. I began by talking about walking in the dark, and you know, it's not very, it's not very comfortable to try to walk in the dark. You, you are very nervous. I'm, I'm wondering how long it's going to be before some of you get nervous with me walking towards the edge of this platform with my eyes closed. There's no freedom in that. There's just a very careful maybe sliding of your feet and feeling of your hands to try to navigate. But I believe as Christians, as God's children, as children of light, we are called on to open up our hearts and our lives in every area, every corner, every, every place where there's potential for darkness to be hidden, to open it up and let the light of God shine in. And one of the things that I found, and I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll conclude with this, one of the things that I found about acts of darkness, you know what fungus is? Mushrooms, fungus, things like that. It, they, it, needs, it needs damp, dark places to thrive and grow. And as long as there is some damp, dark places where those things can hide, they will, they will not go away. You might get rid of the, the appearance of it temporarily, but the only way to get rid of it completely is just to open it completely. That's why when you, ha- you, know, when you have floods... People, they're tearing drywall off the walls. They're getting rid of all of that where the dampness has gotten into. Why? Because they've got to get rid of all of that and and let the light in. And friends, that's exactly what we need for freedom and liberty in our lives. And I'm so thankful to know the reality of it in my own heart and life. Friends, we are not children of the darkness. We are children of light. And walking in the light is a wonderful place of freedom and liberty. Praise God. Let's stand together.